is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. Happy New Year to all you barbecue maniacs out there. It's January and it's cold, but barbecue season is starting all around the country and you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster Podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. Welcome to another episode of Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, the host of the show, and welcome to our exciting winter program, as I like to call it. And this time we have with us somebody whose team has been on the podcast before, but he wasn't able to join us last time. And now we have Brendan Dwyer from the Barbecue Bus. How you doing, bud? Good, Luke. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, we've had your pops on before, uh, but now it's time to get the perspective from the young buck. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not much, man. I, it's funny. I, my dad texted me. He's like, what the hell? You're doing it without me? I'm like, you already been on, man. <laughs> but no, it's um, always good to have those perspectives because of, of yeah. you guys are teammates. You're kind of, are you guys kind of co-pit masters, kind of have your own roles? You know, it's funny. A lot of people that we've talked to have just, you know, talked to us and been like, oh, you know, you guys split stuff. We really do everything as a team. Um, I mean, obviously, he does all the trimming. He's just better with a knife than I am. Uh, and that comes with practice. That comes with time, stuff like that. But, yeah, we, we definitely work um, and collaborate on everything very closely rather than, hey, this is mine. Hey, that's his, you know. So, and I think um, that's definitely, the key. definitely. Go ahead. That's the key. That's uh everyone's involved everyone's invested in all the same things and there's really you can't just assign blame if like say you were in charge for chicken and then that right, cost you right. like a grand right. damn it yeah. brandon luckily luckily we work together on pork we suck together on pork so. <laughs> yeah, but. i i will tell my favorite uh barbecue bus story which was last year and i've known you guys for a while but we don't get up that way and cook very often. Um, and we were doing that contest in Michigan. Oh man. What's the name of that? The all American barbecue throwdown. Yep. Which is turned into, it turned into like one of our favorite contests that we've got to do. And unfortunately we won't be able to go this year because of work, but you gave me a burn end that day <laughs> that I still talk about. I still tell people, I said, I'm like, look, these guys are great brisket cooks. There's no doubt about it. They've got the chops. They've got the trophies. But I've never had a burn-in like that. Yeah. Unbelievable burn-in. Yeah. And it's, they didn't uh, go in that day, did they? They did. They did oh, go they in. did go in. And you guys did and, win and brisket. We got second with a 179.44. Oh. But um, that's the first time that we'd turned burn ends in in three years. So apparently we should be, <laughs> we should be turning them in. Um, 
but yeah, it just was, it was one of those days where we actually tried something completely different on it. Um, nice. and it turned out, it was just one of those things where it turned out and we loved them. Um, and we still thought about it. I was like, dad, you have to make the decision. Cause I can't, I can't, <laughs> we've, every time we've turned in burn ends prior to that, it's just, we've, we've created our scores. And so we kind of took a leap of faith there and we gave them to you after the fact. And you, you turned around and were like, this is the best, best burn end ever. Uh, right. Like, okay, I well, went, and, you know what? I went and grabbed my team. I'm like, you guys got to come try this. This is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. So what did you do different? I said, I wasn't going to do this either. I told uh, somebody, I told somebody that I was having you on and they like, they were like, how, how deep are you going to dig on burn ends? I'm like, that's not really the goal of the podcast. I was right. like, but I'm not going to dig at all. Uh, that's not what we do here, but uh, I, I, get it. I will say that still stands on its own. And I've made some pretty good burn ends myself. I've tried probably thousands of them. And that one, that one lives in, lives in the hall of fame. Man. <laughs> Sticks with you. <laughs> it, that's good. I, I mean, would, that's high praise. That's high praise from you. You know, that, that means a lot to my dad and I, especially with something that we don't consider ourselves, you know, particularly strong in i mean obviously we know how to cook brisket but burn ends i think adds a whole nother layer of difficulty to that whole category you know um, yeah but yeah no i i that's i really appreciate it the, honestly the only thing we changed was um was the rub i mean the really? rub. i mean that yeah instead of going our traditional you know that that spg style to it we right. ended up more sweet we ended up more sweet and uh it it turned they just turned out really really good yeah, you know, was... uh, we've been running that ever since. We haven't. We've only turned them in one other time, and that was in Arizona, <laughs> where we we loved them. We won the we won the table, but it you know, it's just one of those one of those days where you hit a table and it's like, okay, well, you won, but what did you really win? <laughs> so... Right, right. It's still so. It's just fantastic. I've got a bunch of points in the freezer, and I'm like itching to <laughs> just get it right. How long have you guys been cooking? Oh man, that's, it, it kind of goes back a ways, right? We started cooking, uh, I think it was 2017 was really when we like started competing, competing. We started competing with um, a pit master named Dylan Light. Um, we we competed for a few years with him. Uh, we ended up splitting off um, right around 28, the end of 2018, start of 2019, um, which is kind of where we took off a little bit. We got our first GC in 2019. Um, and then between then and now, I think we have over a hundred comps. So we hit nice. it, we hit it very, very hard, uh, in 2021. So <laughs> right on. That's right. I think that's where we first met was out at, in Chicago at, uh, red, white and Q. Is that right? Oh, the, are you talking about the speedway in Joliet? No, no I'm talking about. The oh, oh that... yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Westmont. Westmont. Yeah. Man, what a great place yeah. that was. Great I know, contest. I know, I know. And, you know, it sucks because it was, I mean, literally 15 minutes from our house, which it was a double. It was great. Got to sleep in your own bed, you know, shower, get get going. But um, after Scotty left that comp, I feel like um, there wasn't enough push for it. And, right. I mean, that's a whole nother, another name that, you know, talking about people who, uh, you know, have brought us up. Scotty's definitely in that list. and. and he introduced us to some really cool people. So, and he's on a lot of people's lists as being very influential and in, yeah, and in getting them started and and showing them the ropes and stuff. And 
<clears throat> I always enjoy any time I get to talk to that guy. He's just a lot of yeah. fun. He's usually you can every so often you can find him out with us if you're if you're at a comp with us you take a look and he'll probably be up there drinking bourbon and you know sitting, sitting on the porch something a little else you know <laughs> holding court that's right yep yep <laughs> but yeah man so how has your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master on the competition trail you know it's funny. Um, I actually would, would say the opposite. Um, I, I built, uh, something, you know, kind of from the ground up out here in Wisconsin. Um, I had a really good opportunity to go into sales. Uh, and that was something that I talked about, but never really fully put my time and effort into. And, uh, actually Kevin Hesse from, um, weekend bum barbecue out of Kansas city, yeah. made a post one day and was like, Hey, there's a, there's a sales, uh, proposition in Wisconsin, you know? And so I called them, we had a conversation, talked about it. And the Gripple actually gave me my first opportunity into sales. And I really do think that like the connections and everything that I've made through barbecue has really helped me grow, you know, through my career and as a person really, and oh, it's that's much cool. easier to approach people. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a cool, cool way to flip that around. I like that. That's yeah, pretty awesome. I, 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 I really do think that, you know, the amount of people that you meet, especially with how much travel that me and my dad have done, um, it, it, it really kind of prepares you to be able to talk to anybody. I mean, we have friends that, that live in, uh, um, overseas, you know, that we talk to yeah. fairly regularly. So, uh, it's just going up and talking with people, which I think it's, is really, it's, it's, it's really the best part of barbecue, you know, is, is the community. So. <laughs> Right. Some, one of these days I'm going to go to a couple contests and I'm not going to cook. I'm just going to walk around. And talk. <laughs> That's the dream. That's the dream, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. get up around nine and just go hang right, out. Right. <laughs> not waking up at five o'clock in the morning and, and, and starting your process. Yeah. Yeah. No. We love to talk about in barbecue how all the things that we won. And you made a pork, a pork crack earlier. Didn't you guys get a pork call at the Royal this year or win pork? No. No. So, uh, and that one, that one kind of stung a little bit. The Royals always been one of our, you know, our goals is to get one of those square trophies, which we were extremely fortunate to get this year. I mean, there's a lot of luck involved in that, but, um, pork between chicken ribs and brisket, we missed two and a half points, um, for the invitational and pork was what killed us. We ended up third overall. Um, honestly, if you go, if you go back and look through uh, the scores um, since 2019, really, like pork has consistently done that to us. I mean, uh, Smoke on the Shores, that competition in Nashville in 21, we 180 ribs, 180 brisket, and was like third in chicken. And uh, we only won by like half a point because our pork <laughs> score was so bad. You know, so it's just one of, it's just that Achilles heel that we've had for a long, long time. We just can't figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's we it's, we don't really like to talk we don't really like to talk about it too much because it's uh, it stings a little bit. I run hot and cold on pork. It's yeah. Sometimes it's good, and even one year we were eighth in KCBS, I think. Yeah. Um, but we did that without even winning the category once. Oh wow! Yeah, and there was just a bunch of second places. Consistency, so. though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good, but now it's 
that's fallen off again. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah, I know it's something that we've 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 fought with and fought with, and taken classes and changed our process, and it's just one of those things where we're going to keep having to bash our head against the wall to to try and figure out. So, and that's the thing, right? So I taught a class in December and cooked pork in that class, and it's always one of those things that I get most scared of doing in a class because if you miss it, and I've missed it. I missed it one in one class so bad that I didn't even have enough to make a box. Mm. And the pork I cooked in this class in December was probably the best pork I've cooked in two years. And everybody was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I'm like, I can't believe I just wasted this on a class. (laughs) Right. Instead of the, yeah, instead of a cup. That's always a cake. But But I got sidetracked onto pork. We love to talk about, you know, how everything we want and how great we are, but I like to talk about failures. Do you have a favorite failure where something went wrong in the trailer and you guys really learned from that and it set you up for success later? Yeah, my dad will probably kill me for talking about this story. I don't know. He may have even went over it. But um, honestly, I think we learned how to cook brisket by accident. Uh, if that's a big enough. If that's really? A big enough, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's actually at Westmont. I don't remember which year it was. It may have been 2019, but, um, we were doing our cook. Everything was going great. Second day, uh, we had had a good first day. So we're just running the same process. Well, come through and we're doing ribs or processing ribs. And I go out there, set them on the pit and look in the back and there's something on the pit. What the hell is that? I don't know. That was our brisket that we left on the pit until 1230, uh, 1245. So, oh my. Uh, yeah, took it out, uh, opened it up, and, and let it vent for uh, 15 minutes. Uh, closed it up during the camera, took it out, sliced it. It was incredible. It was one of the best briskets that we'd ever <laughs> had. And uh, we ended up second place that day with like a 178. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we need to, we need to know, or uh, I know what we need to do with, with brisket. So, um, <laughs> We started pushing it a little bit further than we normally would. I kind of attribute that a little bit to A9s. Um, the fat content and everything in there is just just kind of nuts. So um, it, it saved us that day, I think. Yeah, it's that's the hardest thing, I think, for a lot of cooks, especially beginning and starting out, is learning that, you know, everyone's taught that chicken is done at like 165. Uh-huh. But to know that you have to take a competition chicken thigh upwards of 200 yep. to, to get it to be right, that's just very hard for people to adjust to and to make their yeah. brain work that way. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, but you have to remember, right, like everything's injected, all that stuff's in there. Maybe not injected, but brined, right? Um, you have this whole process that you're doing with this thing. You're cooking it. Most people are cooking it in butter. Right. You're cooking a thigh rather than a breast or if you're cooking breast too, you know, either way. Right. You're doing a whole bunch of stuff to keep that moisture in there to keep it from drying out that taking it up there to 200 around there. Right. Um, You're not you're not going to do the damage you think you're going to do to it. Right. Right. And that's I just think it's but then I and even I I'm guilty of this. You know, I'll cook a bunch of contests and, you know, cooking brisket, super hot. And I come back and cook some primes for a catering and I forget what I'm cooking. And I'm right. Like, oh shit. Right. I just I just destroyed that. That's great. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
like, well, we'll just pull it. We'll put a lot of sauce on there. It'll be, it'll be just fine. It'll, it'll be, be fine. Good. We'll, we'll do, we'll do pulled brisket today. It'll be great. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what do you think now you've been around, uh, you've been around a good amount of people and what do you think separates a good pit master from a great pit master? It's mm, a great question. Um, honestly, I've, I've listened to a couple of, you know, your podcasts and stuff like that and just going through it. I really do think that consistency is the key to it all. Um, the more you can keep consistent, the more you can do, um, the better you're going to be. It really is just a game of numbers. You go out there and you cook every weekend like these guys are doing, you know, um, you're going to get better. You're going to understand where things end up. You're going to understand how, um, how it should come off, what it should feel like, all this stuff really becomes muscle memory at that point. But yeah, right. I, I really do think it's just going out there and doing it and being consistent on what you're doing. If you go out there and you throw something at the wall and then you change it the next week and then you change it the following week, you're not going to find anything, you know? Um, right. Not to say, not to say you can't change things, but the more consistent you can be, the better. And <laughs> me and my dad get into it fairly often about, you know, he wants to change stuff. Um, and it, it ends up that, you know, the more consistent we can stay, the better, the better we do. You know, so he's the one that race. wants to change stuff all the time. He, all the time. The, he's the tinkerer. <laughs> all the time. And you know what? He'll, he'll do something and then tell me he changed it. Uh, and then, and then tell me he's joking after I get all mad. So, <laughs> uh, I never really know, you know, what he's doing with uh, some of these recipes, specifically chicken. I really do attribute chicken. He kind of built that one from the ground up. Um, we've collaborated on brisket. We've collaborated on pretty much everything else, but chicken, he really, he really took hold of and, and, and built that. So, um, I got to give that to him, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I used to do all the tinkering and not tell Kim (laughs) and, and then she would pick out things that I did and pick out differences and, she kind of had to come to Jesus with me. Like, listen, <laughs> we're doing this together and you're making these changes. And I'm not sure. She's like, I don't mind making changes, but let's talk about it first. And um, you, this sounds like the exact conversation that I've had <laughs> with my dad. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? He's come to it. But the problem is, is that if I call him on something, he'll just, he won't tell me the truth. He won't tell me the truth after the fact. You know, if we do well, he'll be like, yeah, I changed that. Or, yeah, I did. It's like, okay. <laughs> we need to sit down and figure this out, Dad, because you can't just change everything. So, Right. She She's okay. uh, – now it's – she's the one that makes the most recommendations for tinkering. So I've learned my place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sit there and shut up and, and make good fire, and you'll be good make, to go. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word. All capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, pit pod. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. Let's switch gears into gear a little bit. 
what's the best investment that you guys have made in competition barbecue? Mm. That's another great question. I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple things off the top of my head, right? Like in 2021, we bought that trailer. Um, and that, that really changed the way that we competed. Um, we were able to hop in the truck, uh, strap it down, good to go drive wherever we needed to get to drop it, level it. And they were there. Everything was there. Everything was ready to cook. You know, we didn't have to do all this crazy loading, unloading all this stuff. Uh, it kind of changed our mindset. Um, don't get me wrong. We did way too much in 21. Um, and I would never do that again. I think we did 36 <laughs> competitions. It just it, no way. Um, but we wouldn't have been able to do it without that. So I really do think that had a big um, impact, but then on the other end, I mean, we wouldn't really be where we're at or as consistent as we are without our fireboard. Um, and really we only use it for pork and brisket, but yeah, being able to, being able to see that, you know, the temperature as it, as it goes up or wherever it ends or whatever you think it's going to be, um, giving you a gauge of where you think you can check it, I think has, has done wonders for the consistency of our, our cooks. So that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge one for me on, on the smaller end of things. And I think it's a huge thing. Just the way you described it was perfect. And I really like the way you said it because a lot of people get reliant on these temperature things, whether it's a fireboard or a chef alarm or whatever. Right. That just lets you know when you're in the ballpark. Yep. You know, you got to use your brain and your senses to let you know if you found your seat. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the way to go with it. Yeah. Do you have a, and that, I mean, that comes with, that comes with just, again, just going out there and doing it, you know, getting that muscle right. memory, knowing what feel you're looking for. Right. Uh, but yeah, a hundred percent, the number for me doesn't really mean anything. It's more of, um, Hey, when do I need to check it? <laughs> you know? So. Right. Right. Do you have purchases of a hundred dollars or less that have really impacted your guys's game? I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing, right? I mean, we use, um, what we, I think I can't remember the brand name, but it's called a javelin. If you go uh -huh. on to um, Amazon, there it's like a thermopen, but we have like three of them, and it's just that feel. You use the same thing every time to feel something. You get that muscle memory built in from what you're using. So it doesn't really matter what it is, whether it's a toothpick. I know Scotty and Dave use toothpicks. Um, it's just this that javelin has been consistently what we've used since 2019, 2018, right? That's um, awesome. Where we where we know this is what it feels like with this specific instrument. And, and, you know, this is what it should, should feel like. So. Is there any other technology that you guys use in your cooks? Not really, to be honest. I mean, you uh, guys are outlaw now, right? Yeah. Yep. We cook on an outlaw. Uh, we've had the, the oldest outlaw or not the oldest outlaw, but one of them, our outlaw is so old. It doesn't have a number in it. I think oh, after wow. eight, uh, he's Jay started putting numbers in them. Um, I kind of have a funny story about that too. Oh, uh, let's hear it, man. So, uh, Jay, uh, owner of, of outlaw, such a good dude, man. He, he took care of us from day one. Uh, we had to have our pit repainted three times and he didn't charge us anything for it. He took the pit back, pulled it off, repainted it. And years down the line, he came to us. We we're sitting in his barn, just talking. And he's like, you know what? I hated you guys. <laughs> I hated you guys. He, 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 like I couldn't get this paint to work. He's like, but you want to know what? 
I used the cheapest paint I could find. The che- the absolute cheapest stuff I could find painted that pit and it still held. <laughs> He's like, so I figured out I figured out from you guys what I needed to do, you know, painting these pits to make sure that I didn't have this issue. So That's fantastic. I thought that was kind of cool. But <laughs> yeah, Jay's Jay's taking really good care of us. So we we owe him a lot. He's a great guy. I've sent so many people uh to him, people that are looking for an offset that want it immediately. And I mean, lots of people want to have the the Jambo versus Outlaw argument, and I know people have cooked on both all the time, and they say that they're pretty much identical. Yeah. So um, the biggest thing, the biggest comparison, I can say they're both great pits. I mean, it's really kind of choose what you want to. The biggest thing for us was Jay's ability to alter um, and change whatever we wanted on the pit. I mean, if if we wanted to change anything. Or if there was any idea that we had, you know, to, to that we wanted specific for our pit, he would do it. So that's pretty that cool. That was the big thing that was that was really really great for us um, that we were able to, you know, do that. Right. I've started laying out mine uh, whenever I eventually decide to make that make that jump. I, I know what I want to get. Make the jump. <laughs> make a lot of different switches. I mean, I'm never, probably never stop cooking on my jambo just because I know it so well now, but. I've gotten to know Jay a little bit and I really do dig the pits and, and yeah. just the customization options are pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to consistency, right? Like you, you've cooked on yeah. that pit forever. You know, it back and front. And it's the same thing with our, uh, our hybrid. I mean, we've cooked on it since 2018. We know exactly, we know where the hot spots are. We know how to adjust. Uh, our door actually just recently fell off the, uh, the back door <laughs> on, oh, our gosh. From, on our way home from Arizona and, Someone on the highway actually found it and sent a message to my dad. Said, "Hey, I, I got your door." <laughs> so, uh, luckily, we got that back. But yeah, it's it's getting up there in age. So that's awesome. Let's switch to people a little bit. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Um, I mean, it has to be it has to be Scotty Johnson. Yeah. In terms of in terms of like the way that we cook, the way that we look at things, us coming together as a team, he's had such a huge, huge impact on not only like us as cooks, but us as father and son. You know, he's had come to Jesus talks with both me and my dad. And I mean, obviously, getting along with family um, sometimes is difficult, especially when you're both pretty hard headed. Uh, but Scotty was always the, the median and always the person that would be able to sit down and talk with us and kind of figure things out. So, um, uh, on a personal standpoint, definitely him, um, in terms of cooking, uh, it's, there's just so many, you know, there's so many people that have given us great advice, but really the one thing that stands out for me is Steve Hayden's class. Um, we took Steve's Hayden, Steve Hayden's class and, um, it wasn't so much about the recipes. It was more about building a process. I mean, his process is undeniable. He's a great cook and he's done a ton for us. Um, But building off of his process was really changed the way that we cooked. So um, big, big props to him for, for all the help that he gave us. Yeah. He's an amazing dude. Uh, I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Habits and rituals. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Routines. Are you guys superstitious in that bus? What's going on? Oh, constantly. 
constantly. Let's we have do the most Let's dig into ridiculous. It. I, I, I can't even like, I don't even really know where to start because there's so many things that we do. Um, <laughs> it's just don't make any sense. I mean, for instance, both me and my dad have, you know, tried to be healthier. So, you know, going out and buying junk foods, not the greatest thing, but every time we go to a comp, we have M&Ms. Um, and it's a joke that the blue M&Ms are lucky. So if we give out blue M&Ms to someone, it's, it's, uh, they're going to have a good day, stuff like that. That's because um, old Virginia smokes best color is blue. That's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, man, I did. That's one of the, I can't go through all of them, but that's one of the big ones. Um, we go to Walmart. If we spend under a hundred dollars, we're probably not having a good cook. Um, wow. This is deep. Yeah. There's, there's, it's, there's a lot of stuff here, man. Honestly, for a long time, we, uh, used, uh, we used to eat Ben soft pretzels. Uh, and that was the indicator whether or not we were doing good. If we could find a, a place that, that had them, um, that was what we had for dinner on our first GC. So, um, but yeah, I, I, my dad mentioned this one, and I think this is this is the one that I, I really think has been consistent with us. Um, we celebrate with sprinkles when we do well. So as soon as we find out, you know, whether we were top five or whatever the case is or we won a category, me and him are hopping in the car. We're going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yep, yep. So <laughs> we, we figured we deserve some sprinkles after a, after a good cop. It's one of those things that we've just, you know kind of adapted <laughs> that'll probably be the name of this podcast is sprinkles <laughs> that's i love just, it i love that's, it that's that's fantastic do you guys listen to music when you cook um <laughs> yes we've actually gotten in trouble a few times because my dad will start blaring uh 90s rap music probably that's... six o'clock around six o'clock uh there's no rhyme or reason to it we just throw pandora on 90s rap and Everyone knows the the Chicago boys are in are in town. That's so. fantastic. But yeah, it's that's uh, until it's go time, and then we uh, and then we turn usually turn things off and kind of get our heads focused, and that's kind of me and him zone. You know, even Scotty doesn't really even get in the way when, when, we're, uh, <laughs> when we're boxing stuff like that because we get pretty serious when it comes to that. So that's pretty cool. I'm gonna have to have to be neighbors with you sometimes so I can enjoy myself. Yeah. yeah it's hard to find like-minded people with rap music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we've had some complaints, um, at a few campgrounds from the locals. So we've, uh, we've had to tone it down a little bit, but you know, can't take it away from us. That's right. Will not be edited. <laughs> <laughs> When you guys are getting ready for a contest, is your your is your competition planning week? Is it the same every week? You do things on the same day. So um, yes and no. It kind of depends, right? Recently, uh, my dad's stepped up and done a ton. He would always joke that he did everything. Um, in 2021, I'd always get so mad because of the amount of time we were putting in. Um, whether I'd have to drive an hour to go make sauces and do all that stuff, get loaded, all this stuff. Um, now he really is doing uh, 90% of it. Um, I take on a pretty big portion of it when we get to the comp. Um, but yeah, uh, me living in Wisconsin now, it's just, it's harder to get to his house and make sauces and stuff. And, um, when we have the trailer, I think it'll be a little easier because I can make sauces and stuff on the trailer. 
um, rubs, injections, all that, all that jazz. But uh, in terms of uh, trimming, he does all the trimming. So he, he usually gets his trim, his chicken trimmed early uh, and then puts it in the freezer and, and then we take it out before our comp. Um, but pork briskets always trimmed. He's got a weird thing with that, but he can also trim <laughs> an A9 at this point in like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, start to finish, which is just nuts to me. Um, but yeah, again, you do it hundreds of times, right? Like it's just muscle memory at that point. So, um, yeah, I I would say the, the biggest thing is we try to travel Thursday nights. Um, we try to set up Friday mornings, uh, and then our cook almost always will stay Saturday night because this is not just out here competing. This is more of a vacation too, uh, for my dad and I. We get to Absolutely. relax on Saturday and enjoy each other's company, stuff like that. That's pretty cool, man. That's and that's what it comes down to. It's how me and my wife spend time together, yeah. And what we do for fun, and we've already started. We we looked at our we all all barbecue people look at their schedule like a year in advance and right, trying, right, trying it to, out right, trying to figure out different places. Kim and I always try and cook in a new state every year. A state yep. that we've never cooked in, and we're we're trying to figure that out right now. And we always try and build some time around it, especially when she's off in the summer. And it's yeah. always spending time with family and friends. That's what barbecue is really all about when it comes down to it. Yeah. yeah, me and my dad have said plenty of times, if this stops being fun, why are we doing it? Yep. You know, if it's more like a job and it's it's hard. And that's really what I think 2021 just kind of it took it out of us a little bit. Um, and then 2022, we just went out and had fun, man. Um, we were, I think we only cooked 16 comps, but like we went out and had a really good time and we had really great cooks at the Royal, you know, it just pork stood in our way a little bit, but like it, there's a ton of people that, you know, haven't had the opportunity to walk off that stage with a square. And, you know, that's something that me and him are really, really proud of. So it's a big deal. It's, I have one and for me, I could have quit after that day. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it was, I'd seen that trophy on people's shelves at their house and I stood there by myself staring at it and to get one was, it's pretty cool. And it's right in the middle of our yeah. living room, dude. It's never leaving. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, the only thing that, that we, you know, hold a little bit more, not more dear, but on that same level is, is Murfreesboro. Um, those apples are just, I have them all over my house. You know, they are uh, it's just one of the best trophies on, on the entire circuit. And it's a great competition. So I'm extremely lucky to have done it once and I'm hoping I get to go back this year. It's just, yeah, that's a, one that we don't miss. That is one that, that uh, no matter what, no matter what's going on, we're, we're going to be down at 17th street. So it's, it's like going to barbecue church kind of. It is. It really is. And I, I got an apple. I got one the year that I went, and I finished third overall behind uh, behind Travis Clark and Darren. Yep. Which, I, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those are two people, two people you'd be happy to follow, right? So. Right. And I remember calling my dad, mom and dad after the contest, and they were like, how'd you do? And I was like, I'm third. I was third. And they're like, you're never excited about that. And I said, <laughs> they're like, well, third, that's not first or second. I said, look, I'm good. <laughs> third, yeah, third's your good. Parents, 
<laughs> your parents hit you with you're not first, you're last. Exactly. They Ricky Bobby me to death, and I was like, listen, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a comp that being third is is okay. You know, absolutely. Okay uh, yeah. So when you're cooking, how do you relate to gut feelings about what's happening in the pit and whether you should do something maybe not exactly on the same timeline, but you just have a feeling? How do you relate to that stuff? I think a lot of it really has to do with color. Um, me, like I said, me and my dad have done a hundred of these things. So we kind of have an idea of where things are going to be. Um, and at some point, I mean, you get into a rhythm where it's just autopilot, where things come off the same, you're using the same fuel, you're using the same wood, same product, same rub, all that stuff. Um, there's very little variation in how you're doing things. Um, but every once in a while you run into our, I mean, for instance, Arizona, we probed our chicken, uh, when it was supposed to be right around 150, 160, ended up at 130. I'm like, okay, well, this, <laughs> this is going to come off a little later than we had hoped. Um, but, you know, you adapt. We bump the temperature up a little bit. You adjust things. Um, and you kind of go from there and see where you end up, right? And we did. I mean, we won our table in chicken. We didn't get a call, but we won our table. Um, and it was great. The chicken turned out great, so we were happy with it. It's just one of those things, right, where you're going to run into it eventually. It's, it's how you adapt to it, you know, um, and adjust that really, that really separates how your cook's going to go, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there any times where that intuition didn't make much sense at all, but worked out? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's funny. My dad would call me the brisket whisper, <laughs> but there's, it, it's funny. Sometimes you pull it and it, you know, it's not quite there. You give it 15 minutes, not quite there. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to stop messing with it. You come back and check it and it's, you know, it's right where it's right where it needs to be. Um, it really just, again, it just comes back to just doing it, you know, getting yeah. that feel, understanding how, how things are going to happen. And then you kind of get that, that little bit of that sixth sense of, of where things are going to end up, how things are going to happen. So, and I mean, honestly, that comes with a ton of failure. There's been plenty yeah. of times where we looked at it and you're like, Oh, okay. Well that sucks. <laughs> you know? Let's make yeah. the best of it. So I've kind of watched that sort of oh what's the word I'm looking for I've sort of watched Kim grow into this a little bit in that whenever we move the chicken to the drum she she kind of took over running the drum Yep. and just watching her work the drum and work the temperature gauge and work the paddles and really just how she's evolved in doing that has been really just a blast for the past two yeah. and a half years, just watching her learn from experience and learn from doing it a hundred times and really, yep. really just getting it and being able to replicate it every time. It's something that right. I'm super proud of her for learning. Yeah. And it, it's a cool feeling when you can get that down to a point where you will understand, you know, you understand your pit so well, you understand the meat that you're cooking so well that you know where things are going to end up without having to, you know, do anything crazy, right? right. And throw your chicken on the fire, you know, right? Like uh, there's, there's been times where, you know, you run into issues, but um, it's cool to see the experience kind of shine through uh, in those moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, talking to you is pretty easy, dude. We've gone for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. But let's get into these rapid fire questions because they're my favorite. Okay. And I answered these last week and your dad made a comment on my post about sending me box pictures. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Um, the drama. There's, yeah. there's, there's so much drama. This should be more of a family thing. You know, like it's just, there's no reason to like go at people for stupid reasons. That's, that's my biggest pet peeve. It's like, just, just leave people alone. Let them, <laughs> and honestly, my dad's, you know, not completely uh, innocent of that. So, um, but we, we're working on it. We're working on it. It's just, uh, I, I don't see any, re- it doesn't benefit anybody. Right. I agree. I agree. So you've already mentioned the post-competition meal of, of sprinkles. Do you guys have any other favorite pre- or during-competition meals that you like? No, honestly, not really. We eat what we can find. Unfortunately, uh, and we need to get better at this, we are very bad at bringing food. Um, I think that's why us and Grant are so close from QU, uh-huh. uh, because he's a chef. And every time you go to a comp and you're near uh, Grant, you know he's got food. And it's going to be great food. I mean, we've had pizza cooked on a drum with truffles on it. So, Whoa. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, wow. which we need to get better at it. But really, I mean, we eat what we can find. So, <laughs> Yeah. It, I interviewed him, and that was one of the better ones, one of the ones that I enjoyed a lot from last year because I really didn't know him that well. And dude, he's such a great dude. He really is. Um, and what, him and what Gina he had, are just good yeah. people. Just salt of the what earth. happened at the Royal, what happened at the Royal couldn't have happened to a better person. And I really do. I really do mean that. I mean, this man came up to me and apologized after he won the Royal. Um, Cause we got third. <laughs> like, listen, dude, don't, <laughs> you don't have to apologize for that. You made history. No. Right. No one will ever do that again. I don't think. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I not, not in our lifetime. I, I really don't think so. That, that is a, astronomical. Yeah. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Oh, bourbon. Me too. Bourbon. Yeah, that's a good bourbon one. for sure. But taking it, taking a good bourbon. It was so funny. I got yelled at by Scotty once because I was handing out Weller. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, slow down!" He broke out the <laughs> broke out the bullet. He's like, "This one, use this one." Like, okay. But yeah, at that point, I didn't know I didn't know the difference between you know. A uh, bottle of Weller and a bottle of Bullet. So, it, good learning experience. That's better than my Scotty Johnson Willet story. So, mm. you, di- you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's better than dropping it on the ground. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible day. Right. <laughs> Last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to billions of people, what would it say and why? Oh, cook barbecue. Um, there was a, there was a, there was a sign or a, a, what's it called? It said, make, make, um, make barbecue, not war or something that we slapped on the back of our bus. And it's like, but this sport really does bring people together, you know, as much as some, some drama and stuff that there is every now and then, um, there really is, it forms relationships with people that you never thought you'd have a relationship with, um, that really turn out to be really, really good friends. So uh, I, to get more people involved in this is really the goal. You know, more people, the better. Um, and to see it grow would be even more uh, fulfilling. Absolutely, man. Hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, tell people where they can find you, get, find you and the barbecue bus. And if you want to hit your sponsors on the way out, love to have it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, I, there's too many sponsors to name, but the big ones, I, we got picked up by B&B, which is huge. Um, obviously, Outlaw Smokers, uh, the fuel, Arpwood products. Uh, it, it's just this is the big three that, that you know, come off the top of my head that, that have really nice. helped us push us forward. Uh, but yeah, the barbecue bus, um, you can find it on my dad's Facebook, Brian Dwyer. Um, follow us, do whatever you need to do. And and uh, it's great to hear from you, Luke. Hopefully we'll see you uh, down the road this, this year. Uh, if you do Absolutely. come to Murfreesboro, we'll have to uh, set something up where we can be uh, next to each other. We'll get Absolutely, you some of that. Absolutely, man. <laughs> definitely. And we'll definitely be out your guys' way sometime this year. So it was yeah. great talking to you, no, bud. We'll I... see you out there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good talking to you. Thanks, Brandon. Old Virginia, old Virginia smoke.